So today on Uncover Wealth Radio, I have the massive pleasure of speaking to Alex. Alex is actually one of our clients, but Alex is also the founder of The Lead Engine, which is a lead generation marketing agency working specifically with financial advice businesses. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for having me. And um, I'm glad you got the intro right. It would have been awkward. It would have been, yes. <laughs> Since you're a client, particularly, that would have been very awkward had I not known anything about you. <laughs> yeah. That would have been very difficult. <laughs> so lead generation, Alex, I think it's the kind of holy grail that every business owner wants more leads. That's, mm. that's kind of what we're all searching for. So tell us, is it a black art? Is there a science? <laughs> tell tell us more. Uh, it's definitely not a black art. There's, probably, there's <laughs> definitely equal, yeah, science, yeah. I would say there is a science, there probably is a science to it. I suppose there's equal parts being creative as well as there mm. being, a, you know, being fairly formulaic with it. So, mm. yeah. So how can we position our businesses to generate more inquiries? How do we do it? Well, there you are. Well, the, well, the key word there, position, was, mm. you know, one of, the big, one of the biggest things. So I guess, so my background, in terms of lead gen, my background, there's been two types of kind of businesses. I did a lot of work before with like products, sports products. Mm. And when it's like a B2B product, it's quite different to like a, a service. So obviously yeah. I've... I've got a service, you've got a service. Mm. So that would be different to if someone's got a product. So I can talk about, I'll talk about the both. I can talk mm. about the, the product one, definitely we found. So I was doing stuff like it was portable floodlights for football oh. pitches and I didn't even of, know you got portable ones. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So so uh, so the, the big thing was that a lot of football clubs would have their training pitch and only their playing surface their proper match day pitch under floodlights ah, so in the winter if they wanted to do training sessions in the evening they would either ruin their main mm. pitch or pay for an indoor thing mm. or but be in the these, dark yeah so yeah or be in the dark which you can't really <laughs> you can't really do so that, that kind of product would definitely be different to say like the mortgage advisors mm. and our own business mm-hmm. and what we found a lot with the like the product-based stuff is that people are quite happy to download like a PDF. So, you know, when you have like your lead magnet type mm-hmm. thing. So I always found with that sort of thing, there was like three stages of the buying process. It was kind of like, if you're kind of researching, you'd be happy to download the brochure mm. or something and, and give your email address and phone number. So you, some people will classify that as a lead, I guess. And then if you if you can book a demo for the product, so it'd be the next stage would be, you know, if, if we're looking to book a demo, you, you probably you know what it is and you're going to compare it with what you've seen before. So booking a demo is good. And then there's getting a quote. So with those kind of products, we had those, you know, we're, when we're sending people through, sometimes we don't know what stage in the buying process they're at. Mm-hmm. And you could quickly jump them from one to another. So you could be, you download your brochure, they like what they see in the brochure, so then they'll book the demo. Sometimes we'd see straight away, but mm. they wouldn't have booked the demo had they not seen the brochure, mm. if yes. that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. So with those kind of products, it was always making sure that we had a call to action for each stage of the buying process. Mm. And that works really well. And not asking too much and thinking about at each stage, what do we want or what will they be happy to give? And a lot of the time it's 
if they're just downloading that brochure, they're not going to give you their phone number, their address, the amount of times I've been to a website and it's like, download our brochure and give us all your information. I was like, no, I, I don't even know what it is. I don't know if it yes. can help me yet. So that will help a lot. And you'll find people's email lists. Your email list will just kind of skyrocket if you're getting people to the website. Mm. So um, it's about getting those kind of small call to actions to move them through each yeah, stage yeah. of the buying yeah, process. Absolutely, because really. they will they will either it will be a problem that they're trying to solve mm -hmm. and they'll either be researching that problem, mm -hmm. comparing solutions or looking to get prices. Mm. So you'll, and you know, sometimes, sometimes you will not know when they're landing on that website, where they're at. So just giving them the journey to go down for each one can make a huge difference. So doing stuff like that, just so in the, you know, you've got your like header on your website and we call it the hero section where you'd have yeah. like maybe a, a large section with the, you know, what it is and having three buttons in there that lead to the three different forms mm. to nice. get the information, to funnel them in that way and tag them in your, mm. your content management system that they're in whatever yeah. stage, but you will often find our email notification of the brochure come through and then mm -hmm. the email notification, they've booked a demo or they've asked for a price. But if there was nothing there, they may have just visited the website, not sure what it is, and left and gone somewhere else, mm. if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So it's definitely that way. And then your product is your products, you know, you all the basics that you hear, sell, don't sell the features. Oh, yes. You know, so, you know it's probably High, solution. Highlight the, the problems. Yeah, yeah, all the cliches that you normally hear. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely that one side. And then on your service, your base stuff, for me and for my clients, and you, you do the same Thing. there's kind of like three things is people buy from people of course always so like I remember putting my face on my website and it was the most awkward thing I ever did but I, I remember, remember that too <laughs> the very next day someone rang I've never had it before again but the very next day some guy said oh the only reason I rang is you were willing to put your face to your mm. business it shows me that you believe in it and I was like wow so that's really you know really big for people yeah so yeah, definitely people buy from people. So it's you're selling yourself a lot of the time if it's service-based business, you know, they're buying into you. Everyone loves a specialist, mm. you know, so people would rather use a lead gen marketing company that specialize in like financial services than mm -hmm. they would someone that does everything. Of course, yeah. In the same yeah. way that I would like to go to the best, if I need a heart operation, I want to go to the best heart surgeon. I don't want my GP doing exactly. my heart operation. If I want to implement profit first and I mm. need an accountant to do that, I'd want to get a profit first specialist accountant rather than a normal accountant mm. that does, you know, that's maybe, you know, could do it, but yeah. there's something, you know, people love a specialist. And then mm. I think the third thing is uh, giving information without expectation. So trying mm. to help people. So when people say like, what is your why? A lot of people say, oh, it's all for my kids. It's for this. I want to do this for me, me, me. If you make your why about your client. So ours is like, we don't want anyone in financial services to stress about where the next deal is coming from. And then you, and you, everything you do in your marketing is to help them do that. And you're not sort of concerned about what you get out of it. So it's like being selfishly unselfish. Mm -hmm. Then you build trust and rapport with people. And then you, all those three things you get, inquiries yeah absolutely so, i mean our kind of why pledge is to increase every business owner's profit by twenty thousand pounds a year as a minimum yeah. starting point and it is all about the service and serving 
Yeah, serving, that's it. You're serving people mm. rather than trying to sell to them. I think you get your head around those three things, then you people you will get inquiries. Uh, nice. As long as it is you specialise in something that people need, obviously, mm. and your, your service is good and everything like that. But yeah, certainly. We used to, I, used to, I used to hide behind a logo. I used to do yeah. everything for everyone. And I used to try and sell and it didn't work. Yeah. That's your natural starting point that, you, that everyone does. And when you get your head around this people, people buy from people thing, if you can just do that one thing that enough people want and you're the best at it or position, mm-hmm. like you said at the beginning, position yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the time perception is reality. Yes. Um, you know, someone else could be technically could be better than you, but if it's, you know, perception is that you're the best, then, then you are. That's the then that's it. If you nail those three things, then job done. So if we do all those things and we're still not getting traffic to our website, Mm -hmm. how do we fix that bit of it? How do we, you know, once we've got these things nailed, how do we sort the bit that says, okay, someone's gone to Google and they've typed, you know, digital marketing for financial services, or they've typed profit first accountant UK or whatever any of our listeners have, and their business is not coming up in the search algorithms. What do we do about it? Okay, so I suppose one one of the first things we do is use. So I use, I've got a tool called SEM Rush or STEM Rush. People may be aware of that. Yeah. We'll, we'll link we'll to that in the show of, notes as well for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So there is a free trial. It's quite expensive software, but there's a, a tool in there called Keyword Magic Tool that gives you the volume of what is searched for, which you can get from Google for free. But the one where sort of SEM Rush is kind of worth its weight in gold is it gives you the keyword difficulty. So how hard is it? How competitive is it to rank for that? Ah. So knowing what people search and how hard it is, you can pick your battles. And this is actually really good. If you've not chosen your specialism, you can use this as a tool. So for our clients, when we're you know, dealing with them on a the mortgage space, there are so many specialisms within mortgages itself, and we can pick our battles for our clients, nice. knowing how difficult it is. So there's some stuff. So for example, like, remortgage or first-time buyer is the mm. banks are all page one it's impossible so you, you, you picking your battles you've got to go after the specialist stuff like self-employed or whatever mm. so it's like how competitive is what you do because it may be you're trying to do seo and get organic traffic and it's never going to happen you know mm. it may be that you can't I mean, if you if you want to do seo for everyone yes you know, good luck because there's been people page one for the last 10 years and you've got knock them off and yeah so i guess is, is it possible to get free traffic is the first thing. <laughs> True. Right. Is it a problem people search for? Is it, or is it a problem people, there's some people have services where they don't know, they don't know they need it. Or they don't know what it's called. So yeah. they know they know what it does, but they mm-hmm. don't know what the actual name of the service is. Yeah. So I suppose then it's, if you, if you know what they would look for, if they don't know what your name is, what are they searching mm. for? Like how, so instead of like profit first accountant, how mm. do I... How do I how take do I home actually, more money or how, yeah, do, how I, do I make, yeah. how, how do I uh, take more salary without feeling guilty about it? Mm. Or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, do people search? What are the things that people search for when they're not ready? And then you create the answers. Q&A. Google's just mm. Q&A. So there's a really good book called They Ask You Answer. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Marcus Sheridan. So it is literally Google is Q&A. So there's people are searching for the problems. You create the answers and that comes back to 
giving information without expectation so it's like helping people when they google nice you know so it'll be like things for us it's like how do I generate mortgage leads so we Mm. create content to answer that or how do I use Facebook ads or how do I use Google ads or whatever you create content to answer those your your website needs to be technically good Mm -hmm. so we use SEM rush to do technical audits on that as well nice and then there's another thing called domain authority so if you bought a brand new domain it's going to take longer than if you've had a domain for like five years and you've got other people linking to you and stuff. So they're the kind of like the three things and you can look at Google ads and pay for traffic, mm-hmm. you know, and you've obviously got like your social media and all your sort of, you know, building a following on there and, and things like that. And one thing, one sort of tip really, I cleared out my LinkedIn of everyone apart from whom my ideal mm. client is. Nice. So I'm only interacting with their content and they see that I'm liking it. And they're more likely to see my stuff. So I guess it depends on who your client is, what they're searching for, you know. So it just depends because it depends who your listeners, what what they do. But that should give them a bit of an idea. Do you research? Do people actually search for it? Or am I going to have to use ads on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever because they won't search for it? But if they knew that I existed, then they'd be interested. Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of touched on the content side of things and speaking about, you know, producing content. I remember years ago, somebody telling me that, you know, Google loves fresh new content on websites. Mm. Is that still the situation? Yeah, Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So it's always looking for like new content whenever. So we had a client that um, paused during the first lockdown mm. so the site didn't get touched for about three months and mm. then and then because it stagnated if you mm. like it dropped three or four places so it was position one it dropped to three four or five or something within about wow. three months just because there was no new content on and that was you know that was that was kind of it so yeah we're always for our clients we're creating content every month so mm. yeah it should really be part of your if you want to get that and then I guess if going back to SEM rush and that keyword difficulty, mm-hmm. if it is competitive, you're gonna to have to do more. If it's not competitive, yeah. you won't have to. So it just depends mm. really on what on what you do. Mm. But the best practice is to produce content, presumably as much as we can, in order to yeah. get those higher places in Google and also then to start ranking for those terms that we're producing content Absolutely. on that people are searching for. Absolutely. And it all comes back to your, if your why is genuinely to help your client, Mm. then part of your job is to help them, even if they speak to you or not, is to help them if they're just reading. So you're always like, how can these, this people, my avatar, how can I help this person this week, this month with some content? It's got to be all, it's about, like you said, serving them. Mm -hmm. How can I serve these people? Even if I'm not going to speak to them, even if I'm not going to make any money out of them, how can I help them? And that's where the content comes from. You can also use, there's a, there's a website called answerthepublic.com. Oh, yes, I've seen you that. You put your question in, it'll give you a load of questions as well. But yeah, you've always got to be thinking, you know, when you're speaking to potential clients, what questions mm. are they asking you? You know, how I've answered it on the phone. How can I answer that in content? There's all, you've yeah. got to be, you're like a media company, really. You're going to want to be the, the absolute resource of the answers to this problem in this specialism that I do yeah completely that's definitely how we approach content as well Mm. um you know if I'm on a call with somebody and they say you know what I've just never understood what this is you know whatever that might be so somebody the other day said to me you know I've never really understood exactly what bookkeeping actually is yeah and so for me that was like ding 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 
content oh my goodness i need to produce you know a video explaining in depth what is bookkeeping because if they've got that question they're not going to be the only person in the world that has it and it's going to be the same for our listeners clients as well that you know when somebody says something that you might just think is an off the cuff Mm. you know comment write it down because that is content gold for you because you know if they're asking you on a call but somebody else is typing it into google or youtube and and finding the answer yeah and don't think anything is too basic Mm. so i always in our industry i always look at the amount of people that search what is a remortgage yes and you and we all think you know that everyone knows what a remortgage Mm. is but they don't so it's like even the boost and don't worry about i think people worry about covering off the basics they think that the people will perceive them as too basic so mm-hmm. covering off the basic if that kind of makes sense yeah like imagine all I always sort of imagine that your client is like a 16 year old or 17 year old that's sort of old enough to understand stuff mm-hmm. but doesn't know a lot about the real world so like yeah. just try and cover off and like assume they know absolutely nothing because mm. often that's the case and you always find actually like clients apologize for not knowing yes. Yeah, I get that too. Yeah, so you'll get like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't really understand like profit first or I don't it's like mm. you don't don't worry that's you why would you why I'm here yeah yeah why mm. would you and they're always like oh I don't understand I'm really so like I had a call and my he said oh my business partner didn't want to come on because he doesn't know anything about marketing I was mm. like well you don't need to you don't mm. have to but that's how people feel yeah so. yeah I get that all the time as well I get people very often that say to me you know I really don't understand the counts or numbers and say well has anyone ever taught you them? No. Mm. Well, why would you understand yeah. it then? It's not some, you know, these things are not things that you're yeah. automatically born knowing. The same with marketing, the same with positioning your business on Google, the same with generating leads. Unless you learn about it, unless you study it, you won't know. I mean, that's just really natural and it's nothing to be embarrassed about oh, either. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you find people apologize to you for not knowing, Mm. that means there are some people that are not ringing you because they're worried a lot of people we found we did a bit of research and asked consumers to compare two different websites Mm. and a lot of them were saying oh I didn't uh this website gave me enough information that I felt comfortable enough to call wow it was like I've got I've got I knew nothing I now know enough to feel comfortable to speak to an expert Mm. so sometimes like thinking about your website as this bridge between knowing nothing and just knowing enough because people don't want to be hoodwinked they're very skeptical and they don't want to be embarrassed either they don't want to get on the call and feel stupid yeah exactly exactly so it all comes back to those things again you know people buy from people if you can and you're giving that information without experts so you're alleviating a lot of those concerns Mm. by giving them information not trying to sell to them if you're being salesy 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 they're going to expect a sales pitch and some people don't want it they're not ready for it Whereas if you give and help and help, some people will call and they'll want to speak to you, you know, to get your help and you can mm. ease them to the sale. Or if you only want to speak to people when they're ready for sale, then you you kind of adjust it. Uh, it just yeah. depends how many leads you want, when you want to speak to people. But yeah, to pe- humans are 
you know, they're worried about speaking to experts. Mm. I certainly think what I found as well is that with the more content we produce, and we produce a lot of content, with the more and more content that we produce, actually, the people that then book a call to speak to us are further along the buying mm. cycle already, yeah. because they already, you already build up that know, like, and trust factor, which mm -hmm. we hear a lot, of, a lot about. But if you're on video, if you're on podcasts, yeah. if you're doing written blog posts, if you're picture is in different places by the time somebody picks up that phone to speak to you it's pretty much just checking you're not an alien yeah. before they purchase they're already really they already very far you. down yeah. the cycle because they already feel like they know you absolutely you start going to when we when they let us out again you start going to like industry mm. conferences and people recognize your voice or your face and they'll come and start chatting to you like they know you like you know each other already and you're mm. like oh you're like sorry who are you i don't know who <laughs> yeah. you are but it's great though yeah and anyone can do it anyone yeah. can do it definitely yeah absolutely i think a lot of people are still slightly nervous about having their picture out there or yeah, their videos absolutely. out there or even just their voice out there yeah. but you know nowadays with you know, this device that we carry around in our hand all the time, it makes it really, really simple for many, many people just to start getting their face out there too, yeah. I think. And the only way you get comfortable with it is like doing it. Mm. I remember doing, Absolutely. I think it was, I gave myself an Instagram challenge because you can only do like a minute long videos or at yes. the time whenever I did it. And I just set up a new Instagram account I didn't follow anyone no one followed me and I just mm. did one a day and you just like you break a wall at some point yeah. where you forget the camera's there and you, you don't if you can get a point where you don't care yeah like whether people like you or not mm. it's a great place to be and they're different stages because I, I broke the video thing and then there was a, for a while I was really scared about LinkedIn okay yeah. if you can get to the point where you don't care Mm -hmm. or even like if you build up a community and you know if someone has a go at you you've got this whole army someone's to back you got up. your yeah. back yeah exactly you've just as one of these things everyone feels nervous about it you think like tom cruise wasn't naturally a good actor mm -hmm. he practiced you know he yeah. was you know and he he felt nervous on his first day and he, but he's created so many movies now now he's he's you know he doesn't even think about it. it's the same for everyone i think you you've just got to do it like get yeah. over yourself and and do it it's really difficult but if you can it's a really good skill yeah I agree completely I mean I was the same the first few times I turned on the camera I did not like it at all and even now <laughs> even now to be honest yeah. I don't watch back my own videos I don't listen to my own <laughs> podcast recordings because I feel like my voice sounds as if I'm about 12 years old so <laughs> I don't I don't like doing it at all even now but I know the importance mm. of producing content of that being a way that people find me that being a way that people you know as I said know like and trust and get to know you better yeah. and I think you know for me that outweighs and the service the serving outweighs the nervousness and the worry yeah. that I have over putting my face and my voice all over the place a lot of people don't know but I'm actually an introvert so I don't like having my face and my yeah, voice me, I'm everywhere. the same I'm, abs I'm absolutely 100% an introvert mm. like massively and the same was the same with public speaking I remember like being at school and having to stand up at the front and like read something like me and so nervous I remember it being at university and we were in this big, it's like first two in this massive hall, loads of people. And she was just picking out people. And I was like, palms were sweating. I was like, oh, don't, 
don't ask me, I don't want to say anything. And then you go from actually like really enjoying doing things like mm. public speaking. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those, I, I just, I've never met anyone that's had it as a natural mm. ability. I think some people get over it quicker than others, yeah. but I think anyone can enjoy it. Mm. And once you, once you've done it enough, it's like any skill, you just gotta, you gotta practice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So on the kind of topic of content, I'm just going to throw this question at you. I haven't even told you I'm going to ask. This, That's fine. Have you checked out Clubhouse? Have you seen what's happening there? And what do you think of it if you have? Yeah, so I got my invite pretty quickly. Mm. I went on and got my invite pretty quickly. I When I'm consuming social stuff, mm. especially outside of, so it's always with the sound off. Yes. So me too, actually. I like producing my my podcast. That's one of my favorite things to do. So I produce a lot of audio based mm. stuff. But so I've, I, I I was on there. I didn't like someone let me in really quickly. Mm. But I've not done anything, <laughs> so I've mm. not had time. So I've not got my head around it. I can see that a lot of people are going on there pretty quickly. I can see how mm. that is gonna grow, and it doesn't feel like a fad. It feels like it might actually be like a one that's here to stay but I just I yeah I've just not had time for um, me the really interesting part of it is there's no kind of replay available you know there's no listening after the fact because the one one big thing that I love about podcasts is I often listen to podcasts when I'm running yeah, yeah or when yeah. I'm driving so I can choose what I listen to I can go in whereas with something like Clubhouse it's much harder to do that because there's mm. no you know you could see you might be scrolling through and you might see a conversation that looks interesting, but you have, but you're in the middle of doing something else. You know, it's just a two minutes that you've had. Yeah. So you don't have, you're not able to go back and hear the conversation and listen in. And their terms of service, I believe at the moment, forbid you from recording it unless you announce to the room that you're recording it and then you can use it for other purposes. So it's going to be interesting to see how they bring that in and also how that ties into the SEO side of things, et cetera, et cetera, when, with the content people are producing in there. Yeah, I think it makes it more exclusive. I think they've mm. thought a lot about this whole, we're not just letting everyone in. There's this whole, you've yeah. got to get your invite. It's very exclusive. And a lot of mm. people, I think they've been really smart about it. And I think that's probably another way of like, well, if you miss it, you miss out. Yeah. So aren't they going to hook more people in? Mm. So I think someone very, very clever has not, it's not just the tech or it's not just all something new. They've thought a lot about, because they could have opened it up to everyone, you know, oh, yeah. you know, but they've done this whole, you've got to be invited. It's very exclusive clubhouse thing. Yeah. And that's probably why they called it clubhouse as well. Yeah. So I think it's probably just another thing that they're like, yeah, we could record it, mm. but actually it's probably going to make it a little bit more. We've got to differentiate it somehow and it's a little bit more, uh, if you miss it, you miss out. It's like any event in the real world. Yes. If you don't go, you miss out. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I think it's one that's here more to stay because, mm. like TikTok, feels like a like fairly faddy. It does you know still. I mean? It does still. Um, we we produce content on TikTok, but it does still still feel a bit faddy. I have to say, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm, I'm, so I'm on there. I've done nothing with it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So Alex, we would, you know, I would be crazy to have you on the podcast and not speak about your Profit First journey as yeah. well, since you are here. So tell us, how has Profit First kind of changed you and your business? What is what has it meant for you to uh, to have it in place now and and working for you? Yeah, tax yeah. season, isn't it? Mm, it's like, it is. Yeah. It, so if we rewind 
mean, we started working together this time last year, I think we it did. was. Yeah. I think I got to deadline day last year. So mm-hmm. before, before obviously working with you. Yeah. And I didn't know what my corporation tax bill was going to be. Ouch. And I'd been stressing about it since, you know, I think it was like, I think I got to like, I did last year, like April, May, whatever mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, right, now I'm going to get organised. I never mm-hmm. did, never did, because I only spoke to my accountant once a year. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting through, like, before Christmas, really, you know, that horrible, just really, no, you should be doing something about it. Not really. But I really don't want to. Yeah, not really saving money for it. Mm-hmm. And I can see what, because we work with a business finance client, mm-hmm. and they do a lot of loans for VAT bills and tax uh, bills and yes. things like that. And you can see why people get themselves in that situation. Mm. And I'm not a natural planner. I don't, mm. you know, I don't naturally organise and mm. split things up. So, And, and uh, many people don't. No, it's, I think it's normal to have one bank account and, and think think you're rich five yeah. minutes before your VAT bill's due <laughs> and then think the world has ended when you pay it. Absolutely. So now, yes, yeah, so and now definitely I... Things like VAT, those bills are bigger now, and I've, I'm okay. It the way it works, like mentally, mm. just feeling so much more comfortable. Like paying tax is one thing for me, and not seeing. And then someone said to me, "Is like the way he feels about paying tax is like I feel like I'm, I'm giving money to charity because it's going to mm. a worthy cause, things like the NHS and yeah. fixing roads and, and whatever they do with it." Mm. so my relationship with tax has definitely changed my relationship Mm. like I used to feel guilty about paying myself and when you set yourself this percentage you don't you know you Mm. I've earned it so yeah I think it's it's a lot of it is like yeah your relationship with money and your Mm. business is in much better much better place definitely because I just remember this is how I felt about it before and then Mm. I think as well speaking because we speak often we look mm. forwards yes. you know it's just having like traditional accountants like I've had two or three before and they're all mm. the same it's just like we speak once a year and it's like oh god so, <laughs> why are they going to tell me my tax bill yeah I know like I just mm. don't understand why that is the normal and why mm. speaking regularly isn't normal and like doing this having separating your bank accounts and doing that whole profit first thing feels mm. like it should be normal so if you are stressed about your tax bill, if you're stressed, if you, if you, when you pay your VAT and you're like, oh God, this is a nightmare, this is horrible. If you sort of make sort of buying decisions because you feel rich, like mm. just because your bank account says you're rich, you might not be, then yeah. And I did try it myself before and it didn't mm. work. Many people do. Many people try mm. themselves and then they kind of end up just robbing back from themselves. Yeah, I was definitely robbing back. I yeah. wasn't. I wasn't. So I don't know. And then I don't think I've had to rob any since we did it properly. We haven't. You haven't. And then that's good. I mean, we've obviously we've had a good year and we've, you know, our revenue is mm. higher and everything and obviously helps. But I think if I'd not implemented profit first, I'd still be on the 11th of January, not knowing what my corporation tax bill is due in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And not knowing if you had the money to pay. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just be like, oh, well, I'll, you know, I'll work it out. Figure it out. (laughs) Mm. They're not going to chase me straight away. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll scrimp and save later on. And yeah, it was a, it was a mess last year, but then Mm -hmm. just feeling much better about it, having money stored away 
and then physically pay, it's already mentally paid for mm. as well yes. I think yeah, completely. When, when every week you're taking a little bit out a little bit out you've mentally spent it on mm-hmm. tax already or you spent it on VAT already or whatever I think that's so important and then having that operating expenses account knowing what you're actually got yeah if you see a shiny object then yeah. you know that that's the account it has to come from yeah absolutely and I think the the profit first spreadsheet that we've got where mm. we're looking forwards being able to having that spreadsheet in is like right if we, if we want to hire someone we can just pop that yes you know, a two-minute job of popping in a figure in a spreadsheet to work does that work yes or no black yeah, and white completely. whereas before it was kind of like oh god got you know x amount thousand in the bank yeah that, i'm sure that'd be fine yeah rather than actually knowing black and white so especially if you're if you are like a an entrepreneur who's like not like a planner you're not like mm-hmm. you're not that type of person where you you know if you set up your business with a you know your business plan was on the back of a fag packet then you're probably not you probably haven't got a spreadsheet for your mm. accounts and your profit plan and things like that so just for me, it's been huge, really awesome. huge. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It is, you know, it is transformational in, in reality for so many businesses. Listeners, if you have not read the book Profit First by Mike Malkowitz, I highly, highly recommend oh, that you too. do. You can get it in all good bookshops. Of course, as we record, this bookshops are not open. So you will probably have to go to Amazon or yeah one of their online competitors to purchase it. It's also available on Audible as well. I also have a PDF version, so I will pop the link in the show notes for that. It's annetteandco.co.uk slash PF book, but I'll pop that in the show notes as well. So Alex, thank you so much for joining us on Uncover Wealth Radio. Tell the listeners where they can find a, a bit more about you perhaps your podcast, all those good things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, yeah, if you are, if you work in financial services, mm. we've got a podcast called Advisors Assemble, which is a great pun on Avengers Assemble. So I've been to my superheroes. <laughs> you can see my Thor hammer in the background. Nice. You can probably see some Batman stuff going on there. So yeah, we like to make it a bit fun. So Advisors Assemble. So Alex Curtis on LinkedIn and the website is theleadengine.co.uk. Wonderful. Alex, thank you so much for coming on again. It's been really, really wonderful to speak to you in a slightly different context than we usually speak. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been really good. Thank you. Awesome. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you do like what I share, please do come and subscribe to the podcast, perhaps even leave a review so that other people can find this podcast as well and benefit from everything that I am sharing. Also, if you enjoyed, I would love if you want to take a screenshot of this episode, share it out onto your social media platforms. If you do, please, please do tag me. I'm Annette underscore Fergs on both Twitter and Instagram. So if you tag me, I can come along, give you a follow, give you a like and some love over there as well. Until next time.